0: Take a look behind the curtain with a real whistleblower and American Patriot. Prepare to embrace the uncomfortable truth because this program has no time for comforting lies. Here is civil liberties enthusiast, Second Amendment defender, and recovering FBI agent Kyle Serafin.
1: Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the Kyle Serafin Show. Today is Wednesday. It's weird Wednesday. It's January the 31st of 2024. And it's my parents' anniversary. So um, happy anniversary to you, Diane and Charlie, if you guys happen to be in the chat. 43 years of marriage is not nothing, folks. So if you see them, give them a little bit of a congratulations. And uh, let's have a wild show. We're going to cover a whole bunch of topics today. We're going to be talking about, mm, let's see, slanted prosecutions in Iowa. We're going to be talking about the DOJ targeting pro-lifers, like we talked to uh, Mark Hout the other day. We're going to Get to the border wall fantasies and uh, what seems like a ringing endorsement by a Democrat in California, a gay Democrat non- nonetheless, um, over President Trump. And then we're going to get into a little bit of pipe bomber stuff to wrap it all up because, man, apparently that is going to catch fire once again. I've got a bunch of videos that we're going to share. We got a little dad jokes at the end with a little lesson to you about dad jokes as well. And uh, let's get it started. Let's get it started with our friends over because they're the ones getting my day started off. Let's get it started with my friends at Patriot Coolers. The show is brought to you by Patriot Coolers. There are two coolers. You guys can see, one is mine, one is on their uh, their promo code. You guys can go to at Patriot Coolers on social media, or you can simply go to PatriotCoolers.com. Again, PatriotCoolers.com. The promo code is Kyle, as you see on the screen. Promo code Kyle. Get yourself a tumbler. This is the 19-ounce. Get yourself a uh, a soft-sided cooler if you guys are looking for something to carry your lunch in. All kinds of great stuff. Four little letters, K-Y-L-E, will save you 10% on your purchase PatriotCoolers.com promo code Kyle, and if you spend fifty bucks or more, you'll get free shipping. I'm the kind of guy that always adds something in there. I add an extra lid. I'd rather uh, spend like five more bucks and then save seven more bucks. Uh, call me nuts, but that's the way I operate. Check out Patriot Coolers again. PatriotCoolers.com or on social media, either True Social or on X at Patriot coolers and if you guys get anything there that you like when it gets in it always looks better in person I find than like the promotional shots So by all means tag me on that stuff and tag them too They got a really nice social media team and we appreciate their support. All right If you guys are not already Please make sure you've hit the thumbs up. Make sure you've joined us on Rumble for the Rumble chat. That's where it's going right now. I saw you guys. We were getting into it. You guys were trying to get all the information. You want to do the amateur sleuth game. You want to find out who the pipe bomber is. Join us on rumble.com slash Kyle Seraphim. Again, it's rumble.com slash Kyle Seraphim. If you're watching anywhere else, come join us there. That's where the chat is. Let's get right into it. Let's start us off. How about this story? No surprise. Just in a Christian vet who beheaded a stat- satanic statue in the Iowa Capitol. You guys remember the story. We covered it the other day. Uh, he's looking at being charged with a hate crime. Oh, no. And so I, I, there's the post-millennial story here, which you guys can see, and it makes for a good headline. He basically did somewhere between $750 and $1,500 worth of damage to their satanic statue. But this uh, satanic temple apparently also has satanic lawyers who want to file satanic lawsuits, so they can go after, and they're going to try to estimate that the damage is even more, and they need their satanic statue replaced. Well, there's a, there's kind of a subtle take here, right? In America, we shouldn't go destroying things, but shouldn't we also realize that it's absolutely ridiculous to have, you know, a uh, satanic statue up in your state house? Doesn't that make sense? Uh, luckily, the Polk County attorney is a totally unbiased and very fair operator. You guys are going to be really, really pleased to know that you don't have, like, an activist Democrat sitting there and doing these prosecutions, except, of course, that maybe she is that. Let's get a little take on who Kimberly Graham is, the one who runs the office that is now in charge of this prosecution. They've said that the reason that they're going to target him for a hate crime is because he specifically went after and damaged that property over their religious beliefs. I don't know. I guess it qualifies, but it makes me sick. Here we go. Here is uh, Kimberly Graham. Again, the Polk County attorney in her own words from her own website.
2: Hi, I'm Polk County attorney, Kimberly Graham. We at the Polk County attorney's office are working to create a healthy, safer, thriving community. For more than 20 years, I was an advocate and attorney for low income people, including kids and victims of crime. I've seen the successes of our criminal and juvenile courts firsthand, and I've seen the failures. I know we can do better. Our mission is to use evidence-based policies to create a safer community and a more equitable and effective justice system for everyone, regardless of race, income, gender, or sexual orientation. To create a safer community, our office prioritizes prosecution of violent crimes such as homicide, sexual assault, and domestic abuse, and we are working to decrease the epidemic of gun violence here in Polk County. We work hard every day to hold people accountable for harming others and to create programs and policies that prevent crime, like effective evidence-based diversion and restorative justice programs. Please reach out to our office if we can help. We will listen, and we will never stop fighting for justice for everyone. Thank you.
1: What do you think, guys? Is that a a fair and equitable take? This woman is going to be the one running that? Does that feel good? Here's their uh, press statement, which came out uh, yesterday. It says Michael P. Cassidy of Lauderdale, Mississippi, again, a military veteran, has been charged with third-degree criminal mischief in violation of individual rights, a Class D felony intentionally damaging a statue owned by the Satanic Temple of Iowa. He dismantled whatever the uh, their, their altar there and uh, destroyed the headpiece, according to the Iowa State Patrol report, based on the information from the victim. The cost to replace or repair the statue and the property is between $750 and $1,500. That would make this offense a third-degree criminal mischief with an aggravated misdemeanor, according to the Iowa Code. However, evidence shows... The defendant made statements to law enforcement and the public indicating that he destroyed the property based on the victim's religion. That enhances the charge to a third-degree criminal mischief violation uh, in violation of individual rights, Class D felony, simply because of the so-called hate crime. Um, They continue to seek fair and just resolutions of all cases, and they apply the law equally, regardless of religion, religion, race, sexual orientation, or economic status. You heard her. She's a fair operator. What do you guys think? Is this guy going to get a... uh, just a reasonable thing. Are they are they going to approach this the way that you would expect? Anything else? Is there nothing worse going on? You notice that she said that they want to prioritize the worst crimes in Polk County, like rape and sexual assault and murder and knocking over a statue, an ugly, hideous statue that was sitting in the state house. Yeah, as uh, as Jen Chang said in our chat, the, the words equitable and evidence based don't really go together. It turns out those don't make any sense if you try to put them into the same sentence. But it doesn't stop people on the political left. I don't know, understand this. This is the one thing I don't understand because my wife started off as a pretty lib type. And uh, when I first met her, she was she was very liberal-minded. She came from Brooklyn. She didn't know any better. But the thing that actually fixed her mentally, like she was able to actually take the things that didn't make sense in her mind and and realign them into sort of cohesion – was working at a nonprofit. And this woman says she spent most of her life like representing people who had no money. She was representing people as a public uh, defender. I'm I'm really into that. I think that's really important. Our justice system needs to be fair. But how you could work in that sort of setting and be surrounded by the kind of people who have no value for your services, which is exactly what my wife found. She was working in a nonprofit counseling center where nobody had to pay for the counseling services. And everything about that moved her to the right. It moved her to the right because she saw she sat there and she thought, okay, um, nobody cares that I spent a bunch of money, tens of thousands of dollars, getting this master's degree plus the undergrad that goes beyond it, and I'm I'm basically volunteering my time here for what is the same amount of money you could make working at like an In-N-Out Burger. And then they skip their appointments; they they didn't even have the common courtesy to call and cancel, right? So. That sort of experience moved her to the right because she saw that these people, a lot of people that are indigent and don't have any sort of great decision-making processes, like they also don't care to make themselves better. And, and the thought was, I think this is the general liberal instinct, is that, and I mean liberal, not leftist, the general liberal instinct, which is not bad. It's what I talked about Mark Howick with the other day, being compassionate. There's this sense that if people just had the right things in front of them, that they would be able to accomplish better. And sometimes that's true, but that's not the majority of people. A lot of people make really bad decisions, and many of you know about that. And they make terrible decisions with money, and they make terrible decisions with their freedoms, and their free will, and so on. And so it's just interesting to me that someone who spent as much time in the criminal justice system as this woman did, went full on indoctrination, and went to the leftist side of things, as opposed to saying, oh, you know, I'm actually gonna have a pretty accurate and realistic view of reality. They lack common sense, they lack the ability to simply see the world as it it probably is, which needs a little bit of uh, it needs a little bit of shade on each side. It needs a gray area, of course. It's not a black and white world, but this is her prosecution. This is something that they made national headlines with. I wonder how much of it has to do with the fact that there are national headlines behind this, and people were like, "Yeah, get it. Um, you know, destroy a statue of Satan that's sitting in the state house. That's blatantly offensive to the founding of this country and the people that are in this country." I don't know. Just the idea that they couldn't just offer him a quiet plea. Maybe he didn't want it. Uh, That's okay, too. Anyhow, we're going to keep moving on. We're going to press on with another thing. You guys remember we had George Hill on on Monday. He was talking to us about Iran and some of the issues that could happen with a uh, poking the bear over there and the cyber actors that exist in Iran. How interesting. It doesn't have to just be Iran. And it doesn't mean that the FBI knows what they're talking about. But here's a story out of CNN today. This is the FBI director. I love it when when um, we have sort of prophetic moments. But FBI director to uh, to warn that Chinese hackers are preparing to quote unquote wreak havoc on U.S. critical infrastructure. Go back and listen to Monday's show. Go back and see what what George was talking about. Dropping the power grid, critical infrastructure. There is no question in my mind that Chris Ray is actually saying the right thing here. What's interesting is that Chris Ray suddenly cares, even though he was like allowing Chinese police stations and and these people doing Operation Fox Hunt. Uh, And uh, and what's called Operation Skynet to happen under our very noses. I mean, you'd think that the FBI would not want Chinese law enforcement and rendition agents running around this country. That didn't seem to bother them. That goes all the way back to uh, 2014. 2014. We're now nine years after that. That was Comey's time. There was an interim period where uh, Andy McCabe was the uh, acting director and now Chris Ray. and nobody seems to be too worried about this, even though they continue to warn. The real problem is, is that there's actually not a lot of really good laws to do anything about it, although you would think that operating on behalf of a foreign government and trying to grab people and take them back to China for quote-unquote justice, what they what they act like, there's a whole a show that we did, so you guys can go back, what's Operation Fox Hunt, if you guys want to hear about this. Chris Ray says on Wednesday to, uh, that we should expect Chinese hackers to wreak havoc and cause real world harm to the United States. Quote, China's hackers are positioning on American infrastructure in preparation to wreak havoc and cause real world harm to American citizens and communities if or when China decides the time (laughs) to come or the the time has come to strike. Yeah, yeah, obviously that's what they're going to do. They're going to strike when it makes sense or maybe when it makes most sense for the election so they can get their pro China guy to stick around. I don't know, does the big guy have like some some sort of ugly ties to China and and uh, hacking capabilities? Is Joe Biden working on behalf of the American people? Is that what we believe? It's interesting. Federal law enforcement and the Justice Department to update their vulnerable software by thousands of devices in the United States, which is at the center of the Chinese hacking campaign, targeting sensitive U.S. critical infrastructure. Let me just tell you a little bit about the Chinese threat when it comes to critical infrastructure, particularly where I used to see it in the in the National Capital Region. So as I was talking to, to Michael Waller the other day, and he, he forgot, I, I worked counterintelligence for about two years, which is just enough for me to be familiar with it. I'm certainly no expert. But what I did see, because there was nothing else for us to do, there were so many squads working on China, and, and we were spreading minimal work around a lot. They had us running around, at least I found an opportunity to run around and go talk to people that were manning critical infrastructure in the counties, the Virginia counties particularly, that surround the national capital region that are outside of Washington, D.C. Now, many if not most, of the federal employees that work for the United States government live in places like Arlington and Fairfax County. Uh, They live up in McLean. They live up in Rockville if they go into Maryland. So there's a whole slew of counties and some of them live down in some of the not nice parts of Maryland that are just South. And all of these people basically depend on the same things that you do to get their day started, right? They depend on the water. They depend on the electrical. They depend on the lights working that the police are gonna show up if something happens, that the sewage will be carted away and that garbage trucks will come through and do their thing. Our critical infrastructure, our life, is enabled by a whole bunch of people. They're not magical gremlins that keep things working. There's men, mostly men, but some women, that are out there keeping the physical critical infrastructure of the United States rolling. And they are doing so on old code, like Cobalt. If any of you guys know anything about programming languages, they're using like incredibly ancient programming stuff that has minimal security. And then here's the best part. The Chinese are 100% cool with spending a bunch of money to find out about this. What they do is they get an American-based, ethnically Chinese person, usually in the university system, to sponsor what they call delegations. And a delegation, you're probably not gonna hear this anywhere else, by the way. Delegations come in. There's entire K-squads that just work delegations. They come in, and they will have a bunch of academics from all different parts of China. And they will probably include an intelligence officer or what we call a co optee someone who is going to report back to an intelligence officer. And then they're going to go out there, and they're going to get information. I was able to get tours that were, I said, can you take me on the exact same tour that you gave me the Chinese delegation to? Sure, no problem. We walked through, and we went and looked at the things that they showed the Chinese in Fairfax County in particular. They showed them the entirety of the water treatment plants. They showed them the entirety of the way that it operates, all the critical machines. They showed them like a walk on the top of the catwalks, right over the top of the water treatment areas. They showed them everything. And what you saw when you were on there and you were looking with an eye to be able to disrupt, what I saw was is that we had a fence system that was completely compromised, a huge gap in the fence that had just fallen over a tree, had fallen over it. It was broken. Nobody cared and they're showing this to the Chinese delegations. Two or three dozen scientists with various different things. They showed them all of the geospatial information in the United States. All of our our counties make this stuff public. So here's the danger. We live in this society where we're proud of what we have and we're excited about the freedoms and all the things that we took to build this life that we all live in. And this is the why. And so it's natural to us to assume the best of other people it's like, oh, people in China who have a hard time um, getting you know, good water filtration out to their rural areas, they want to know how we do it. Oh, yeah, we'd love to show you. We want to export this capability so that all people can live better lives than what they did previously. And that's what we do. We give them that opportunity to come in. And the Chinese say, this is a really good way to interrupt the toilets flushing for all the people that are going to work in government jobs. This is the way that we're going to interrupt the electrical systems. For all those people. So they have to deal with what's going on at home and not report to the Pentagon, to the Department of Energy, to the Department of Commerce, to the DOJ, et cetera, et cetera. All of these things are wildly like most of them are available on the internet. You guys go check it out. Check out your own county and just see how much of the critical infrastructure is available to you. Just a random citizen, can you go in and see it? Now you're a taxpayer. You should theoretically do it. What's amazing is they don't actually even stop people who are foreign. If you said, "Hey, look, I've got some friends from another country. I wanted to show them like how cool and how great our country is. Would you mind showing us like the electrical treatment or the electrical uh, um, transformer stations? Do you guys have anybody that would do like a like a delegation or a tour? They're academics. They work in the field in another country. Just name the country. Doesn't matter. See if they'll let you in. You'll be shocked. You'd be absolutely shocked how much of our stuff is just open and the ability to disrupt it a big deal. That's why we had George Hill on the other day. That's why I think you guys should at least know this kind of stuff. You should be aware." That it's a real threat wherever you live, but especially if you live in a place that has a military base, has a large section of the federal government, or even your state governments. They're giving this stuff away, this information, and they're willing to pay people to come in and gather that information that we're willing to just show for nothing. Scary stuff, and you should be aware of it. Like I said, your taxpayer dollars are funding it at the local level, at the county level, at the state level, and if you're not aware of of exactly how much you are giving that information away to potential enemies, which there are out there, you should be. That's up to you. Um, we can't trust our federal government to do it. They're too busy going after like pro-life Catholics and stuff. So that's always fun, right? Uh, MSNBC today is uh, doing some coverage. There's a famous, or not a famous, but a, a historic moment where we're going to look at impeaching the first cabinet-level person in 150 years, this is Mayorkas, you guys. Before, um, first, I'm going to just cover this little piece. The, the thing I love most about MSNBC is they're willing to let a guy like Dan Goldman, who is our least favorite congressperson, at least is certainly vying for that role. Dan Goldman uh, famously went head to head with Gerardo Boyle in a battle of wits and was massively outwitted because Dan Goldman uh, is a incredibly wealthy, silver spoon-eating loser who was born on third base and thought that he hit a triple, as uh, George, George Hill likes to say. So Dan Goldman actually wrote an opinion piece. He represents New York's 10th congressional district. And he said, the GOP's Mayorkas impeachment investigation is even more shameful than it looks. Republicans would pr- prefer to have chaos at the border rather than actually solve our border crisis. We're going to dig into that for sure. Let me at least just quote a couple of little pieces here. Uh, congressional aide said, this is uh, Dan Goldman, quoting another congressional aide without a name. It's very clear that a large group of Republicans in the Senate and the House no longer want to do border security. Trump wouldn't have this issue to run on, and that's what's going on here. They don't want to give up that issue. Folks, does that make any sense to you? Does it make any sense to you that Republicans don't want the border secured, even though we've been screaming about it for three, four years straight, ever since Biden came in and started undoing Trump's ideas? It's a big chunk of what we're going to be talking about towards the middle of this show. It's pretty incredible that they're making these claims. They're willing to burn this gaslight. And then the other thing is this. It's a talking point for the political left. This is the most wildly dishonest group. MSNBC is where this is coming from. Uh, We've got a little clip from Joy Reid, which I'll play in just one second. Before we do, let uh, (laughs) let me just say, with the impending chaos, and of course there is, in fact, impending chaos, you guys should probably prepare yourself, get yourself ready for any disaster, including a failure of the power grid and all your critical infrastructure. You guys can go to the number four patriots for patriots.com slash Kyle, as you see on the screen for patriots.com slash Kyle. You get two choices in life, as my buddy Charlie Ray likes to always say. You can prepare or you can repair. The repair one is always more expensive and it's much more dangerous. Like, think about it. You do it with your car. You prepare or repair. You can make sure you get those brakes done or you can see if you want to, like, land it in front of a telephone pole and then have to fix all the bodywork plus the brakes. So you we always recommend you figure out at least some solutions for your own personal risk level, whatever that looks like, whether it means you've got a bunch of emergency food, whether it means you've got an emergency generator, whether you're going to do one of these solar generators, check out fourpatriots.com Kyle. It's a great place you can go and get started. There's all kinds of different deals. You can use the promo code Kyle, K-Y-L-E, or just click through the link, which is also in the show description. You guys can get yourself set up, whether it be this uh, hand crank radio, which I love, the zombie radio, in case everything fails, or you're getting yourself little solar batteries, continuity comms, continuity of calories, prepare or repair, highly recommend it. Get yourself squared away on that one, gal. All right, so let's keep pushing on. I've got some clips here. So let's play a little bit of video of what's going on in the Biden administration. He's been trying, you know? I mean, he, he, he's he been trying, if you believe that. We got a couple little funny things. This is the Cloward-Piven strategy. I want you to listen to it. Do you know what, uh, we talked about this before, but Cloward-Piven is when the government is called in because the local resources are overwhelmed. Tell me if it doesn't sound like that's what Biden is saying He's uh, on his way. It's a little bit of a loud and noisy clip, but let's play this real quick.
0: Have you done everything you can do with executive authority? Or is there more you could do? after the it on all I can do. give me the power. I've asked for the very day I got it off. Give me
1: the border control. Give me the people. Give me the people to judge. Give me the people who can stop this and make it work right. He said, just give me the power. I just need the power. Give me the Border Patrol. You know, he runs the Border Patrol, right? Like, that's what Mayorkas' cabinet-level position does. That's what that's what DHS handles. Does any of this stuff make any bit of sense at all? It doesn't. I'm just throwing my hands up in the air over here. I've got a CNN article that actually is of a, a, a value, I think. Here's a little quick thing. This is why Mayorkas is being impeached. Coming from Marjorie Taylor Greene. Quote, These articles lay out a clear and compelling and irrefutable case that Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas should be impeached. He has willfully and systematically refused to comply with immigration laws enacted by Congress. That's his job. His job is to carry out the laws that were set out by Congress. He's not supposed to make a bunch of discernment and decide, well, we don't really like these laws, so we're not going to do them. The idea that Dan Goldman is covering for him is essentially subverting the actual power of the, uh, the office that Dan Goldman holds. What garbage? Absolute trash. He's breached the public trust by knowingly making false statements to Congress and the American people and obstructing congressional oversight of his department. This is could be just substitute that for um, for uh, the attorney general as well. That's exactly the same thing. And Green goes on to argue that the willful and systemic refusal to comply with the law is a breach of public trust and it amounts to an impeachable offense of high crimes and misdemeanors. That's always the bar, right? That's what they have to meet. And then he's exceeded his parole authority. He's refused to comply with detention mandates that are required by law. And then he's lied saying that uh, DHS has operational control over the border when we are now hearing Joe Biden say, in no uncertain terms, that he doesn't have operational control of the border. Now, the good news is, is there actually is a solution. And, uh, you know, the world's most, what, wealthy man has it. He's going to actually deploy this technology, it sounds like, down to the border. If you're not watching on the Rumble channel, you're going to miss it. So uh, this is one where you're going to need the video. It's a quiet little clip. But this apparently is the new operational uh, uh, technology that we can deploy down to the border to go ahead and stop all this illegal immigration. We're just going to send them just like this. I don't know what that was. Apparently, somebody put Joe Biden's face on a, uh, a robot. I think it's called Optimus. And anyway, uh, apparently, we're building Terminators, so that's really good to know. And Elon Musk is going to be part of that, that slow-moving Terminator, which I will take the slow Terminators all day long. Uh, the slow Terminator seemed much less scary, but it's a little scary that it's got a Joe Biden face, and it seems to walk at exactly the same speed as the Joe Biden. Do you guys want to see that one more time? It feels like uh, that was the kind of the, the thing that the, the chat was looking for. Here it is again. Here he is. Just... Yeah, I'll try to put a link to the clip later on. Um, The best part is when the the Terminator takes a little step and then has this like shocked look like, oh, I did a step uh, or maybe pooped its pants. That's the uh, Joe Biden emperor has no clothes robot sending it full speed. Okay, so anyway, look, the Biden administration has been pretty clear about this stuff. They actually think that the members of Border Patrol, of the DOJ, of the FBI, of the military serve the administration. And I think it actually points out that fundamental problem that we have. Which is that people think that they serve some sort of political power or they serve their agency domestically. And it has nothing to say about whether their job is to serve the American people and the Constitution. I don't think people at the bottom have that concern or confusion. But I do think people in the Biden White House do. Listen to this horrific. This is, there's no other way to say this. This is one of the dumbest and saddest statements. Listen to the number of times this woman stumbles over the word brave. This is what happens when you despise the people that do the job, that keep you safe. When you absolutely despise them, but you're required because of your job to say something nice about them. Here is uh, Sideshow Bob, a.k.a. Karine Jean-Pierre, the spokesperson for the White House, trying to talk about the three service members that were killed in Jordan. We talked about it with uh, George. This is the contempt that this administration have. They actually believe... That their job is to serve the White House, not to serve the American people or to protect and defend the Constitution the way that I swear.
0: What I will
2: say, our deepest, uh, obviously our deepest condolences uh, go out and our he- heartfelt condolences go out to the families uh, who lost uh, three three brave uh, three brave, uh, three brave of uh, three folks who are who are military folks who are brave, who are always fighting, who are fighting on behalf and of uh, this administration, of the American people, obviously, more so, more importantly, uh, we lost those souls.
1: Yeah, there's just three brave um, brave ums. you know, serving on behalf of the administration. Everything about that makes you want to puke. If you guys need to go back, you can listen to it again. Um, she's really bad at her job. She's not good at what she does. And yet, you know, she's black and she's gay, so she needs to have that job because diversity, same thing we heard that woman in Iowa talking about. It's all about equitable outcomes, isn't it? We need to have that lady out there just stumbling over and embarrassing the American people. Embarrassing this White House, embarrassing the office that she holds because she doesn't understand what it is that those people actually signed up to do. And and I I know that every single person who signs up for the military doesn't know that they're going to be in harm's way, but a lot of Folks who do, and including people that are sitting in our chat right now, have not only gone in harm's way, but have suffered the consequences of it. And it wasn't for Joe Biden or for the Trump administration or the Obama administration or even for Bush. It was because they believe in the concept, this thing called America. And it's worth saving. And I feel like our our leftist compadres are trying to over and over prove to us that it's actually not worth saving, which is really gross. I don't think we should give into that. But. There's this overwhelming push. It keeps happening. They just want you to not even respect the place that you live and the things that you signed up to serve. I guess it continues to, to prove true, the statement I said, that the country that I was born in would invade the country that we live in right now. I believe it. I really do believe that's true. I don't see any other way to do it. Um, let's talk about this. This is just another piece of proof for you. This one is going to be, uh, on the federal level, a prosecution that seems pretty ridiculous. Tennessee pro-lifers, this is coming from our friends over at Catholic Vote, Uh, Tennessee pro-lifers found guilty of violating the FACE Act, and they obviously are going to appeal it. Six pro-lifers are facing up to 11 years in prison each after a judge found them guilty of violating the free freedom of access to clinic entrances, or the FACE Act, which is the same thing that Mark Hout was charged with. Uh, But the religious freedom law firm representing the group has announced that they're going to appeal the conviction, so that's obviously going to be important. Whether they are sitting in prison when that happens or not is going to be another story. Uh, the judge, whose name is Alida Traeger, a Clinton appointee, handed down the guilty verdict less than a week after the trial started. The sentencing hearing will begin in July. On July 2nd, uh, these people were arrested because they traveled from various states to the Carafim Health Center Clinic in Mount Juliet, which is 17 miles east of downtown Nashville, to hold a peaceful pro-life demonstration. Let's uh, Let's just pull up what that looks like. I've got this listed as violent pro-life protests on my little board here. Let's see the video of this uh, this felony that the federal government decided to get involved in because that's what it's all about. We need to make sure we stop these dangerous pro-lifers. Here we go. Look at that violent set of terrorists just sitting in their hallway and doing terroristic things like sitting still and peacefully praying. Uh, Not the best singing. I think we all agree on that. I saw that in the in the in the chat as well. But I don't think that I'm not pretty I'm pretty sure that's not a terrorist act. And it's certainly, you know, are they blocking the free access to the clinic clinic entrance? I didn't see anybody trying to get through. I feel like that actually is a a part of it. I think that's what Mark Hout was actually proving, that there actually has to be someone who is attempting to make their way into the clinic at the time it's happening. And they're sitting in front of that door, yeah. Anyway, a dangerous group of folks, obviously, who cannot be allowed to be free. And uh, luckily, we have our fearless justice department going after them, full bore. Why is that? What's going on? Let's talk about it. There's a great story that's coming out, uh, just came out uh, last year. This is (laughs) reintroduced. This is Mary Margaret... Uh, Olahan, who's over at Daily Signal, she's fantastic. And she did this little piece. You guys may have heard this on, on my interview with Mark Haupt. He dropped the name Kristen Clark like three, four times. And that may not be something that you're necessarily aware of. You may not be like, oh, yeah, Kristen Clark is the problem. But we're gonna talk about she's the the uh the head, she's the assistant attorney general, the AAG, for the civil rights division of the Justice Department. And she's a vocal abortion proponent. Shocker. Can you believe that? Can you believe they found the perfect person for the Civil Rights Division to handle all of these FACE Act charges. She's a vocal abortion opponent, and she's a black female. If you're not seeing it on the screen, that's what's going on if you're listening to us. And that's who they get in charge of the Civil Rights Division. Now, the Civil Rights Division for the DOJ, it existed specifically to go after, you know, civil rights concerns. They were supposed to be going after southern states that were still doing Jim Crow, you know, when the Democrats used to run things and were doing racist policies and law. And people used to do federal violations of law where they had to actually expand it because the locals weren't doing their job. That's what the Civil Rights Division has. It's always been headed by black people, as far as I can tell, at least going back in my in my last awareness time. Uh, It appears that she's violating her oath of office. She's actually refusing to fairly administer the law, regardless of political views. This is the, the statement from a former acting assistant attorney general who was under the Trump administration who used to work in that same office. She appears to be prosecuting only groups that she doesn't like and she doesn't agree with. Do you want to know what weaponization looks like? Weaponization looks like you use your political power and the, uh, the, the capabilities of your executive office to go after the people that you don't like and to try to push agendas. Um, I think Bill Shipley is the one who said it to me in the most coherent way. The most coherent way is when the government starts trying to pick winners and losers when it doesn't just relish the fact that it has a chance to do fair process, that's when you're dealing with weaponization. That's what weaponized government looks like when they are trying to put their thumb on the scale and say, we don't care about due process. We don't care that we have just done our job with all due diligence and the chips will fall where they may. We're not going to just bring cases that make sense historically and are the most egregious offenders. It's when they pick specific outcomes that they are trying to show And they start targeting those people, poorly singing, in a hallway, doing their damnedest to to say that they are upset about people killing babies. That's it. That's what it is. The act violations are massively one-sided. Now, we've played this on uh, the—I don't have the exact numbers in front of me again, but it's something like 90 to 10 or more. It is massively slanted towards going after pro-life activists. And I don't remember anybody getting violent in an abortion clinic to stop abortion clinics from operating in upwards of 25 years. The last time I remember that was when I was in high school in the 90s. And it might have even have been before that. It might have been the early 90s. That's the time that anybody actually had this real problem. Have people gone out there and done things aggressive historically? Yes. Is that a real problem that's happening right now in 2024? Is that the the world that we need to deal with where, where we're running down uh, a father of like 11 kids? Because that's what one of those guys was. He has 11 children. You won't talk about being pro-life. How about you're so pro-life that you've replaced yourself and your wife and nine more people on the planet? There's just nothing more. And these people are doing it because it's politically driven. These are outcome-driven prosecutions. They are trying to make something happen that doesn't need to. Um... This story was alerted to me from The Loop, so I'm going to just bring them up real quick. Folks, if you have not gone and signed up for The Loop, I highly recommend you go to catholicvote.org, put in your email address, put in your zip code, and click Loop Me In. It's the yellow button that you see on the screen right now. They are America's top advocacy group for faith, family, and freedom. You don't have to be Catholic. You just have to be someone who loves America, who loves freedom, who is interested in generally conservative. You're going to get really good news. It's the best one minute that you will read. You can scan through it and see the headlines that you're interested in. The bottom of it is more Catholic-specific um, or Christian-specific. There's some prayers and some saint stuff. But the top of it is just all great news feed, and it's better than anything else. The slant is is, is much cleaner. I think they do a really good job of picking stories that I'm interested in, and I'm always looking there to see, is there something that we need to cover? If you guys want to donate to Catholic Vote, you could do so at catholicvote.org. The button that says uh, Give is green. It's in the top right-hand side, and you can make either a one-time or a continuing donation. They support us. They underwrite us. They're our biggest sponsor by far. Uh, really, really cool that someone decided to come out there from Catholic Vote and just say, yeah, well, we're, we want to we back you up. We want to get on board with the Kyle Serafin Show, and we want to make sure that uh, that you don't go hungry. And so we're able to do that. I want to say thanks to, um, what is it? I Missed the 60s. I saw you sign up as a supporter of the channel. And now Mag has also signed up as a monthly supporter. Folks, you can do that by joining our Rumble channel, which you guys have seen. It's rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. First of all, hit the like. Then hit the follow. Make sure you're following the channel. And then after that, it turns red. And you can actually do a little support. It's 5 bucks a month, and it goes 100% to us. So if you want to do that, uh, we're not chilling for it per se, but it's cool that people want to do it. And uh, there's hundreds of you now that have signed up to support the channel. And I really appreciate that. I think it's awesome. Or maybe we're right at 100, something around those lines. But awesome that people are interested in doing it. Maga, thanks so much. And 60s, thanks so much too. I want to keep pushing onward. There's more here. There's a bunch of cover. And how about the hot takes of the day? Because this is where we were going to get started. We we're always going this way. You guys saw the thumbnail. I couldn't help it. I can't help myself. Hot takes. Coming from Red State. I haven't read Red State as much as I used to. I used to sit and read this every single day when I was on surveillance. Hot takes. People have great fun mocking Democrat who tries to whip up fear with claims of Trump's border plan. All right. Right? So this is what I'm calling the MAGA fantasies. Uh, This is Nick Arama who's writing over at Red State. He says, can we say how ridiculous Democrats have been about the border for a long time? Long before Joe Biden occupied the Oval Office, you saw him walk into the thing to the uh, to the helicopter, saying he just needs more power. That's absurd. There's there are more people being entering like entering in in a single month. They had 302,000 enter in in December last month at the end of the year. Totally insane. But meanwhile, we've got this guy Robert Garcia, who is a gay California congressman, and apparently. He thinks that what he's doing, what he says here, is going to cut against a Donald Trump. Um, all I say is, if you guys can confirm that this is the Donald Trump plan, you will get me 100% on board with a Donald Trump presidency. I will go and I will, I will, I will actually uh, declare a uh, like an endorsement if this is the real plan. I just want this to be the plan. Let's play this guy's video and let him say it in his own words. One, two, and crazy.
0: I will not yield. I want to remind the public that Donald Trump and House Republicans also have their own ideas for the border. So let's review the majority's border ideas that they've actually presented. Here they are. Donald Trump actually has said that he wants to build alligator moats along the border. That's one of his incredible ideas. Another idea that Donald Trump has promoted is he actually wants to electrify the border fence and maybe even put some spikes on the border. That's another Donald Trump and MAGA majority border idea. Another idea, which I'm not sure how, how well it would go, is he wants to actually bomb northern Mexico with missiles. That's another Trump idea. And finally, I think one of the ones that I think um, is the most grotesque is suggestions that instead we should maybe just shoot migrants in the legs as they cross the border. So once again, the Donald Trump and MAGA plan is alligator moats bombing northern Mexico shooting migrants in the legs and electrifying the fence and putting spikes on them. That is the Donald Trump border plan.
1: I mean, I'm in. I don't know how this guy thought he was going to be uh, moving us against it. Like, I just threw it up on the screen. If you guys haven't seen the poster, there it is. Uh, dudes with machine gun nests, alligators. That—that That, that uh, is actually how small the Rio Grande is in some parts, but it's, it's much bigger in others. Um, we're going to electrify the fence. We're going to fence the whole thing in. And then we're going to bomb with missiles. I don't know how you bomb with missiles. I think you uh, fire missiles and you drop bombs, but that's OK. He's not he's not a um, like a military war strategist. We're going to we're going to do that. And then I think we also need to have the American Gladiators. We go get the American Gladiators from the 80s and 90s TV show. We put them on the other side of the electric fence. So if you make it over the the uh, the moat with the alligators, And you survive the bombing raids and the machine gun nests and you get over the electrical fence. Then you got to deal with the American gladiators like the ladies. We need like laser and uh, storm and we need diamond and we need all of the American gladiators with those those pontoon sticks or whatever the heck they're called. Those punch sticks, pugilist sticks and just knocking the crap out of people. And if you make it past all of that, then we will be like, you now have a position and we're going to recruit you for our military. And you can serve for six years and then maybe you can become a citizen. But you gotta be able to survive all of it. Alligators, electrical, machine guns. Like you you've proven your capabilities, I think. And if you can fight like 90s action heroes, then boom. And that'll actually come into play at the end of the show. So there you go. Anyway, Robert Garcia. Who the heck is this guy? What is he all about? (laughs) What is this dude? I just I want to use people's own words. To cover who they are. This is coming directly from the About Him section of robertgarcia.house.gov. About. Okay? I'm not making things up. Uh, there's a picture of him. There's his official congressional portrait. There's another picture of him that he put on his Twitter page. Which uh, apparently he was nominated for the Queer Tees. The Queer Tees are an award given by some LGB alphabet people group. And the Queer Tees. He's a hashtag Queer tea, He's a badass nominee. Robert Garcia. Well, what is that all about? Okay. Well, what it's about is that he is now a two-term former mayor of Long Beach, California. He came to the United States as a young child. Uh, He holds a master's degree from USC, and he has a degree. He has Jill Biden's degree, the doctorate of higher education from Cal State Long Beach, that prestigious location, where he also earned a degree in communications. Uh, and he believes in defending democracy. That's what he says. He de- believes in defending mo- democracy by leveling the play field with progressive education policy, addressing climate change, supporting working families. Do you hear the same thing? The same thing that we heard that lady say? Isn't that, isn't that what we just heard from our, our, our friend in Iowa? It's the same exact stuff. Expanding and protecting existential, uh, ex- essential rights for women. I guess that's abortion. So a guy who is gay and can't have babies with any partner that he's going to choose according to a sexual orientation, is really interested in killing babies. That seems great. And then also, at the end of it, it says that he, oh, and of course he was a school teacher. I mean, he was a lifelong educator, per his own words. But he's proud to serve as the first openly gay or first openly LGBTQ foreign-born member of Congress. So he's the first, uh, I don't know, gay or or queer or trans or whatever thing. He looks like a real dude. He's the first one that is going to be doing that is that a thing? Are we are we excited about that? But he's also he also has maga fantasies. There's the maga fantasies. They're right there. He's got some good graphic design people. They're not really good with the machine gun thing and that's some pretty old school uh woodland style, you know, the uh the woodland style body armor, but still, I'm just saying, I don't hate this guy's ideas if that's what he thinks it's all about. This guy has uh basically accidentally endorsed Donald Trump. How many people in California are being like, "Whoa!" I didn't know he was into all that, like alligators. Can we put laser beams on their heads? I saw you guys say that. Can they be ill-tempered sea bass? What are the other options? This seems super fun. I absolutely love it. I love that this guy has completely lost his mind, and he has no idea what he's talking about. Um, But that's kind of where we're at right now. People on the Democrat side are just unhinged and doing weird stuff. Let me play... (laughs) Let me play a little video. This came from a uh, clip. This is Joe Biden talking about. He just needs more power. You heard that part. He says, give me the authority. I'm going to play you this video twice. One of them is just the cut. The second one is Joy Reid commenting on the cut on a hot mic. And if you haven't heard this, it's actually quite fun. So this is the border solution that they're going to say. They just need to give him more power. He just needs the authority, except that the laws are the same. They haven't changed any border laws under Trump or him. And he seems to be having a a struggle. Here's uh, Joe Biden just. You know, definitely not trying to be a dictator at all. It also give
0: me as president the emergency authority to shut down the border until it could get back under control. If that bill were the law today, I'd shut down the border right now and fix it quickly.
1: It also give me a- ah, he would shut it, fix it quickly. Yeah, would he? Okay, here's here's how he's going to fix it quickly. He's going to distract you. And Joy Reid even knows this, even though she's a leftist mouthpiece and probably one of the nastiest racist people on TV. Um, at least she knows what's real when she's on a hot mic. Over the weekend, President Biden said he's ready to take action if Congress is serious about solving the border issue.
0: If that bill were the law today, I'd shut down the border right now and fix it quickly. And Congress needs to
1: get it done. Starting another fucking war. (laughs) Whoa, yeah, we just start a war. If we could just get people distracted. There's two pieces to it. Number one, it's the Cloward-Piven piece where we're saying uh, we need to flood the zone, overwhelm the local resources, and then we bring in the federal government, which is going to save them. And, of course, they need new powers, new authorities, new monies. They can't just do it with what they've got, even though it was just fine. These people, they're unhinged. They're totally lost. And just to prove it, we've got another great story here, which uh, I don't know if it's great, but it's a story. (laughs) This is coming from Catholic News Agency. And apparently, there's such a thing as a abortion doula. The more I the more I read this stuff, and the more I see the insanity that continues to exist. And this was at Catholic University, by the way, Catholic University of America. The more that I see this stuff, it just always reminds me that as I was a kid growing up, Pope John Paul II always talked about the culture of death, and he always talked about abortion in that, and uh, and and some of the evils that really took place. And that's where you end up. This is a story about a professor who invited a quote-unquote abortion doula. You guys know what a doula is? A doula is like a person, usually a woman, that helps women go through the end of their pregnancy and deliver the baby. And they're like an advocate. And uh, a lot of women are now starting kind of embracing an expert on giving birth to help them give birth it's not just a medical process there's also a baby uh, a life coming into the world and so this person is apparently a doula that is not interested in life and babies by the way i've met a number of doulas one of my um one of my good friends from from virginia wife was a doula she's a lovely person she's like one of the nicest people and she just loved babies and she just wanted to help women and now you have someone who's called a quote unquote abortion doula uh gave a guest speech and then they fired the professor. So maybe this push that we're doing by calling this stuff out, by bringing attention to how absolutely ridiculous these these activists are, it's possible that the backswing is already beginning. I actually think it's it's pretty good. Uh, it says here, quote, last week, uh, pro-abortion and pro-LGBTQ. Of course, they're always... This. Why are those aligned, by the way? Can anyone put it in the comments? Why in the, on God's green earth are pro-abortion and pro-LGBTQ basically people who have with the exception of the bisexual crowd, they've basically said they're not going to be able to have babies. Uh, if you're a lesbian and you have a lesbian partner, you can't really have a baby, like certainly not uh, naturally. Same thing with gays. Uh, bisexuals, obviously the only ones here that, that that would have that possibility. The the trans and the queer, the queer people just are too ugly to have anybody want to have sex with them. And then the trans situation, like what is that? Like you're going to sterilize yourself. So I don't think that's going to work either. pro abortion and pro-LGBTQ activists, racial, I think it's carbonary or carboneau, uh, spoke to this CUA, that's Catholic University of America, class known as Lifespan Development, which is part of the school's psychology program. And there was a lecturer there, Melissa Goldberg, who was the one who actually invited this this abortion doula. And then um, that actually resulted in not only the dismissal of and probably not another um, invite for this Rachel Car- Carboneau, but also looks like Melissa Goldberg, for that failure and bad discretion, has been terminated announced via email. You know, maybe it's because there's a bunch of parents who thought they were sending their kids to a Catholic university based on the name Catholic University of America. They thought they were going to catch like a little bit of a, a, you know, a Christian tinge to their education, and they weren't going to get wild leftist indoctrinations when they went and spend their hard-earned money on this tuition or took out, you know, god-awful loans. Over the weekend, the news story appeared online. It was an excerpt of the audio recording with the guest speaking addressing the psychology class. This is, um, This is the president of the university, Peter Kilpatrick. He's saying there's clear evidence in the context of the class. It did not align with our mission and our identity. Thank flipping God that they finally are kind of, and and by the way, CUA is pretty, it's pretty left, like all of them are at this point, like all of our universities. There are people that have basically been ideologically captured. There has to be a backswing. There's a possibility that this is like one of those opening shots. We're just starting to see it. People don't want this. Parents don't want this. Is that what you want for your kids? You're spending all this money. People are still sending their kids to college. Some of you may have kids in college right now, and you're like, yeah, they have to. Do they? I'm not planning on that. I'm not putting money away for that. I don't want to send my kids somewhere to learn how to hate what me and my family love. That doesn't seem like our agenda at all. And so some of us are going to have to put our money where our mouth is. We're going to have to start saying that we are going to actually live those values and there may be a cost and it may be that our kids are going to we're going to have to not let them participate in the economy the way that the the would like us to because what they basically have tried to indoctrinate kids that's the best thing about homeschooling you don't get told over and over again if you don't go into college you'll never have a life there's plenty of people who didn't go to college that are doing great there's a lot of you out there there's plenty of people that have been able to turn a non college education and practical skills in the world into a real living, probably better than some of these poor, I actually saw a video of this gal who's in uh, New York. And she just said, she's crying. She's literally crying, she has a stack of resumes. And she said, what I wanna do is get this like minimum wage job. I'm guessing she means entry level. She probably doesn't even know what the difference is. Minimum wage in New York, I don't know what that is, but I don't think that's what she's trying for. But she's trying to get this job. She has two degrees, right, in acting, and in communication. Nobody ever told her that those two degrees were probably absolutely useless, but she said she speaks three languages, and that is a real useful skill. If you could speak three languages without going to college, you can go find a job. There are places for you to work. There are people that want that skill set. She just has no idea what it is. She has no idea on how to find it, and she's crying, and she said, if I'm being honest, all I want to do is be a TikToker. I watched your TikTok videos, and it was the saddest thing I've ever seen in my life. It looks like Desperation and pathetic, but then again, she's an acting student, so what would you expect? But rather than teach our kids that they have concrete, useful skills, that it's not about them. I'm gonna just go on a little rant for a second here. <laughs> what I think my father taught me this. It's a good day to talk about my dad on their anniversary. I'm fairly confident that when we send our kids out into the world, they think that they need a job. You remember how we talked about how oh, why did why do you have this job? And it's like, well, people need jobs. No, that's not what a job is about. That's the problem here. The problem is, is that this poor girl in New York, and maybe I'll, I'll it's probably in my Twitter timeline, so feel free. Um, I know that Travis and Flint was the guy who, who put it out there originally. The story goes like this. You go into a store and you don't say, I need a job. The, the question is, is there a job here? Is there something that you need done that I could do? That's the difference. It's a, a fa- it's a failure to understand that the job is about service and it's about fulfilling a need. Too many people on the political left have jobs that are just make work. The entire federal government is full of these people. They have a job simply because people need jobs. It's the single worst way to go about it. And when the federal government is the biggest employer in this country, and they are by a lot, when you have the biggest employer that is just basically hiring people because people need jobs, not because there's work that needs to be done, we are fundamentally setting people up for failure when they go out into the private industry. It's why so many people in the federal government are scared of leaving their jobs. It's why so many people are scared of being whistleblowers, I think. All right. And since that's the case, we're going to go over a little bit long because I told you guys I would talk about this and I intend to. Um, This is this article that came out. This is Luke Rosiak. He does investigative reporting for the Daily Wire. He reached out to me. We talked. He listened to the Twitter space we did. So he had some notes He said he felt uh, he's like, I don't want to just like report what some guy said on Rumble, even though I said it all on my podcast with Garrett the other week. So a lot of this stuff is not going to be brand new to you guys, but I want to actually give you guys some context. And then I had a couple of people on social media that were reaching out and and saying some things and, you know, demanding answers from me. Like, who the hell are you? You don't you don't get to demand answers from me, but you are my audience and you guys who listen to the show. I'll answer to you. I'll give you guys what I know. And I got to take some coffee to get this thing started. So here we go. All right. The story is that I was on a surveillance team, and we can absolutely be fully fair about surveillance teams in the FBI. They're called Special Operations Group. I used to say that was really sad because I know what special operations look like, and these are not them. What they are are special observations groups, groups of people that are armed, that work together, and they go out and they watch bad guys, theoretically. All right. Now. When I got there, I saw that the possibility of doing surveillance for the FBI was the single most interesting thing that I could do if I wasn't going to be on a violent crime squad. And that wasn't going to happen. Like, that was a waiting list forever. So if I wasn't going to get to go after real bad guys as in a case agent investigator, what I wanted to do was go watch them and contribute to those cases. All right. Historically. For the last several years, the SOG program is known as a dumping ground. It's the Island of Misfit Toys, if you guys remember the Rudolph movie. It's people that can't get along because the FBI is fundamentally broken. It has people that don't understand how human beings work. This is not going to shock anybody. But the reason that it's broken is because what they said is we have this shitty agent, this person that can't do a job, that's toxic, that is um, unwilling to do work or whatever. We're going to send them to the one place where they cannot just screw up their cases and their little corner that they're in their cubicle. They're going to screw up an entire team of people that actually provide a useful function. That's the saddest stupid thing about it. I requested to be on that squad. I had somebody on Twitter like uh, reached out to me and said, Oh, um, you know, you, you got sent out there cause you sucked. No, I went out there on purpose. I wanted to get away from, cause what I was doing, I thought was illegal, immoral or unethical. And I wasn't going to participate in it any further. I refuse to do counterintelligence because I think it basically is a investigation with no criminal predicate into Americans. And that seemed problematic. And by the way, I reported that where I thought it could go. It didn't go anywhere, but so be it. That's where I started. I went over to the surveillance team on purpose because I wanted to go do this mission. When I got there, I saw like the potential is it's got gear, by the way, that's a big thing for me. It's like we had all kinds of equipment and high speed cameras and we had cars and we eventually got motorcycles. We got all kinds of capabilities to add real power to investigations if it was done correctly. And then I started recruiting my friends people that I knew that were capable and were miserable and wanted to do good work and be able to do it in a way that was ethical and responsible and fun. I wanted to be on a team. That's why I went to the SOG. And so I actually recruited a number of people. I got an award for it, by the way. The woman who we're about to show a letter from, who canceled me, wrote me an award, a Category D award. By the way, A is the lowest and D is the highest. She wrote me the highest um, performance-based award for what I did helping build that program out. I reorganized all their equipment. I started organizing and, and buying only the stuff that mattered. We started equipping our vehicles properly. Somebody just asked if we had minivans. Yeah, we had minivans. We had minivans of justice. That was my favorite vehicle. We had all the cool stuff. We were all rigged up. We, we created these deployment packs, and we went all over the country. I did it about 20 times where we went all over the country and did counterterrorism cases for other, for other field offices. And we became like the go-to team. They actually wrote about it on the front page of the FBI's internal newsletter saying that our team was unlike anyone else's because we were bringing back capabilities and professionalism to that that role. So that's number one. So that's going to address that. Number two, the people that go out and do surveillance have to know something about the case. We get what's called a case briefing. Usually it's like an email that says what it is. But sometimes they'll actually come out and talk to us, which is what happened for the pipe bomber case. And I had a case agent from the counterterrorism division that was assisting with CI-14, the counterintelligence team, that apparently was working on this case. I have no idea why all these people were involved, but they were. And this is going back three years now, folks, so I don't remember everything about it. It wasn't all relevant to me at the time. I had no idea that this was going to be such an absolute failure. And the the other thing is, is my wife was right about to have a baby. We had our third child, and so we left the area with a new baby. And so sure enough, We get out there. We get this case briefing. Now, I've posted it on my Twitter timeline. You guys can go look. There's a picture of the actual parking lot because I know exactly where I was when I got briefed. Steve D'Antuano doesn't even know the details. He's the former uh, ADIC. He was the guy that was in charge of the Washington field office. He doesn't know the details of what was going on when he was being questioned under oath by Thomas Massey. I've never been questioned under oath, but I'm happy to. I'm happy to share the same thing. By the way, I've shared all this stuff with members of Congress that need to have it. Okay, so there's that. I know the actual parking lot where I was. I know the name of the person that we were briefed up on. I know the address of that person. And I went and did my own background research because I used to do this for a living, it turns out. And I've shared all that with members of Congress. Okay. So that's number one. I don't believe that the FBI is able to operate without making mistakes. This was very early on in the January 6th stuff. And there's no question in my mind that at least some of the stuff they said was false. You heard me say it. A chief master sergeant in the Air Force, not of the Air Force, a chief master sergeant, an E-9 in the Air Force was what we were briefed on. And that's true. We were briefed on that. The name that we had actually was not a chief in the Air Force. But he had worked for the Air Force for a long time. So they got the affiliation. They got the fact that this person had a security clearance right. They got the address. I'm sure they got the the license plates correct as well. Those things were all lined up. And those are the pieces of information. They've been passed to the appropriate authorities in the appropriate channels. Okay? So all of that information got passed where it needed to. But the wild thing was, is that you've got people that are out there like trying to find this person. I don't think the person that they identified to us, a person of interest doesn't mean that that's the person who did the crime or did the thing that we think they did. It just means that they're a good starting point. And that's what it looked like. So what I would suggest to you is the person that was identified to us was most likely based on all the other things we know and based on looking at the pictures of the guy, not probably the person that was walking around in that hoodie, but probably knew who that was. And that's why you would start there. And my biggest interest in pushing forward this story, which you guys have seen, my biggest interest in pushing the story. Here it is again. There's Luke's story. Why do I care so much? Because I believe now knowing that Steve D'Antuano testified about it and the fact that he brought it up organically without anyone asking about it, there's a really decent chance that he lied about that. So I can't prove it. It's not my job to prove it. But it is the job of people in Congress to look into whether or not they were told truthful information by a former federal official at the assistant director in charge of the Washington field office. That seems like a real big deal. That's my skin in this game. And then also, as we said with Garrett Boyle, who I know is sitting in the chat right now, the biggest piece is, is that was the single most terroristic act that happened on On that day, and it needs to be investigated to the point that we understand why, because nothing about it adds up. Not the way that they found the bombs, not the way that it was briefed to us, not the fact that they told us that they were inert, which I've confirmed with my guys that were on that team. They told us it was inert, and then they went out and told the public that it was legit. Why? The FBI runs cases all the time on inert devices. In fact, that is pretty much the hallmark of every FBI put up job. They give you weapons or explosives that are not legit. They will not go off. They will not fire. And they load these things up. They load them all up. And what do they do? Then they go and they indict them and they arrest them. They take them down because that person is super dangerous, even though they don't have a real bomb. You don't need a real bomb to be able to go after somebody for a bomb case. The FBI has proved it over and over again. So why did they say that those were real bombs? That's the real question. I want to know why members of the FBI's senior executive decided to lie to the American people. That's my skin in the game. And here's why I feel okay to talk about it. And like I said, I don't know anybody on Twitter anything, but you guys are the audience. You guys are my people. So let me share a little letter with you that I don't think I've publicized in any way, shape, or form, but I will. Here it is. You guys can see it. And if people want to take screen grabs or they want to explain it away to themselves, then that's what we'll do. All right. What you're looking at right now is a letter, d- April, uh, dated April 21st of 2022, and this was the letter that suspended my security clearance by Jennifer Moore. Again, the same Jennifer Moore that gave me a performance award just a few months earlier for, you know, rebuilding an entire um, FBI surveillance team and program to the point where it was making internal news. And I was a team lead on there, not because I was the best, because no one else wanted to do the job, and I hate seeing a job not being done well. So there it is. She says, Mr. Serafin, this letter is to inform you that as the FBI Security Programs Manager, I'm suspending your top secret clearance effective upon receipt of this letter. I got this on April 25th. It was handed to me on the 25th. It was written on the 21st. The suspension for your security clearance is based on security concerns related to adjudicative guideline, e-personal conduct, blah, 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 blah. You can't have access to sensitive information, classified information. Why was that? They made it up. There was no good. uh, There was no justification for it. It didn't ever happen. And we found out afterwards that it was weaponized. That's fine. They found out that there was uh, some. What do they say? This is my favorite. Several incidents where your personal conduct has been called into question. Yeah, sure. You guys saw it. You guys can go back up and see what was going on in the desert. Me talking to a cop. Apparently, that was enough for me to not be able to have a security clearance. Here's where the real piece is. And I put it up on the top of the page. Accordingly, and by the way, this never got revoked. It was uh, it was affirmed that I would be suspended from this and my, my security clearance was revoked. So all of this stuff has never been changed. This is the writing that I have. Accordingly, while your security clearance is suspended, you will not be allowed to access FBI space. In addition, you are reminded that while on suspension, you may not represent yourself as an FBI employee. So that's Garrett O'Boyle. Garrett O'Boyle is technically, apparently, according to the FBI, um, you've got Garrett O'Boyle in the FBI, but he cannot say that he's an FBI employee. I got derailed just thinking about how pissed this makes me. Here's the best part. In addition, you were reminded, that, uh, sorry, the sorry, the end here. Your authority to fulfill the duties and responsibilities of your position is also suspended. I want you to think about that. Authority to fulfill the duties and responsibility of the position. Duties and responsibilities. Those are two different things. I got handed this. First, they gave me an NDA. That's fine. That's the thing I signed when I signed up. And I'm not going to disclose anything classified. I never would. No way. Duties and responsibilities have been revoked. They've been suspended and then revoked. That's why. I showed it to my attorney, and he was like, dude, I don't know. I don't know what that means. He was like, I don't know how somebody could say that you have a duty or, you know, this thing, and then immediately say, but by the way, we've just revoked all of your duties and responsibilities as an FBI employee. So that's why I talk about the things. I'm not giving away things that are going to destroy the investigation. I want it actually carried out. It sounds like members of Congress are going to be the only ones that can do it. So be it. I've empowered them to do so, and I'm going to keep that pressure on. And it's interesting because one of the people that was coming at me on social media was talking, um, you know, I believe they have an association with a January 6th prosecution. And wouldn't it be interesting if the FBI was trying to get me on something, trying to say, hey, we're going to pin it down on you, that you were doing something that you weren't allowed to do, some, uh, you know, unauthorized disclosure. There's no unauthorized disclosure. Number one, I haven't given away specifics. I've given away circumstances. And number two, and most importantly, you removed me from all my duties and responsibilities, y'all. Joke's on you. The joke is on you that's right all right while we're talking about it i'm wearing the uh, the zelensky special this is our favorite this is our original joke from the the suspendables merch store which is making fun of yeah mr zelensky president zelensky if you guys ever need to go and beg for money this is the shirt you want to wear let me bring up the merch store kapow this is our merch store check it out you guys can go to the-suspendables com again the dash suspendables.com. The promo code is Kyle. Garrett O'Boyle is in the chat. It is the O'Boyle family sweatshop. You guys know that you can go there. You can find a shirt just like this. You can find the PT shirts. You can find the RU suspendable shirts, the ranger panties. Take your pick. All the options are there, including the pins which we have been sent out. Uh, like I said, we've got um, we've got Mark Hout with a set of them. If you guys want to have the same pins that Mark and me and George and others are wearing you guys can go to that. You see the little link right there. I think I can probably point to it if I'm really There it is right there. Boom. It's on that little blue uh, logo. You can get three of them for 30 bucks. Type in the promo code, free shipping, great stuff. Super easy. They look fantastic by the way. And anybody who sees you wearing them in any kind of formal clothes will be like, Hey, Where'd you get that little high-speed pin? You can carry an extra one for him, all right? So it's the-duspendables.com. dash Check it out and uh, support the O'Boyle family, who is, again, definitely not an FBI agent, even though he can't go get another job, and he is certainly um, wondering what to do about what that status is. It's a made-up status that doesn't exist anywhere else. We're not going to pay you. You're not an employee. You can't tell anybody you are. But also, if you go get another job, we're going to fire you for cause. It's It's complete garbage. And it's people like Jennifer Moore because we keep hiring these losers to be in charge. Saddest and grossest stuff. Okay, let's do a little uh, a joke. And I told you I would give you a lesson with this joke. We'll give the lesson afterwards. Dad joke of the day, there's two of them. One of them is not very good. The other one is dedicated to my friend Garrett who definitely shovels his own driveway, but here we go. So what do you call a bird that stars in action movies? Steven Siegel.
0: Here's a free marriage tip for you. Don't ever ask your wife when dinner's going to be done while she's shoveling the driveway.
1: Okay, and here's another free lesson for you. If you're a dad, you're going to be way better at delivering dad jokes. Steven Siegel, not that funny. Wife in the driveway thing. Definitely more dad jokey. All right, folks, that's it for today. We do appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, Hopefully that explains some of it. Sorry for the long rant at the end, but I wanted to throw it out there. And uh, I wanted to answer it only because I care what you guys think. I don't really care what Twitter thinks per se. Let's do a five-star review. There's always uh, a little bit of fun in the five-star reviews. This one made me laugh. So this is from JG87 and a bunch of exclamation points coming from January 10th. Gen Z and her story. Yeah, you guys remember that episode. Five stars. The biggest issue with Gen Z is they want more than their parents have. It's entitlement, and they have an audience to encourage it on social media. We just talked about that, how about that? Just talked about that poor girl. This, uh, and then uh, JG says, I listen in my car, but I have to check out the clips on Rumble. I could not have guessed that the Gangsters Paradise clip in a million years, I laughed out loud my dog is worried. (laughs) I'm sorry to worry your dog. I love that you uh, have a dog that looks at you and thinks that you're crazy when you laugh too. I have the same sort of situation in my life. Uh, Folks, really appreciate you tuning in. I want you guys to go out there and um, be good to each other. Go meet your neighbors. Help that backswing happen just like it's happening at Catholic University. Push pressure on where you're putting your money. You guys can do it. We can make it happen. We'll see you again tomorrow. God bless you. Be safe, and we'll see you real soon. Thanks for listening to The Kyle Seraphin Show, streamed live weekdays on rumble.com slash kileserafin. Follow Kyle
0: on Twitter, Truth Social, and Instagram at Kyle kileserafin.com.